First up, let's talk a little Falcons football with D. Orlando Ledbetter. He covers the Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, Daryl. Hope you're doing well. Hey, I'm doing good, Russ. Thanks for having me today. Hey, always appreciate the time, and uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, a lot to cover here since the combine with the Falcons, and of course, free agency gets going on Monday. Uh, first up, uh, Lorenzo Carter was re-signed this week, and uh, not a not a whole lot of cash. What is is that? Just kind of like a rotational type role for for him, or what, what do you think his role with the team moving forward is going to be? Yeah, it's uh, you know he started a lot last year. They're developing people behind him, Arnold uh, Ebicady and D'Angelo Malone. Uh, and you know, as soon as they get ready to play, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know they'll they'll be trying to beat him out. They're gonna have to beat out the veteran, and uh, uh, you know, but certainly they spent a lot of draft capital on those guys. And uh, as soon as they if they can take it over, they'll take it over. If they can't, uh, the veteran you got a veteran who can um, uh, you know do the job, and you have some some position certainty there. And it almost sounds like, for Carter's standpoint, more than anything else, he just wanted to stay home and, and be a Falcon. Is that the case here? Um, no question about it. He did want to stay. Uh, you know, he could have tested the open market. Uh, but, yeah, he told me after the season he wanted to be – it was home. And uh, they gave him a, a nice increase. And, uh, you know, he didn't want to um, go on to the open market. And, you know, he had been in New York for four years. And, you know, you would know, be jumping around from team to team to team. And so uh, uh, this was a good situation for him. Good stuff. And, and now, Daryl, as, as we move into the free agency, uh, which starts with the – I guess they call it the, the non-tampering period on Monday. I, I mean, obviously we know pass rush, uh, offensive line, lines of scrimmage is going to be a, a big need for this team. Uh, wh- who were some of the targets? I know you had a list uh, online of, of, of 10 potential targets they could go after. Uh, on that list, who really intrigues you and, and think would be a really good fit here in Atlanta? Well, they got to fix the defensive line, and uh, uh, Javon Hargrave would be the number one uh, defensive lineman. Delvin Tomlinson from the Vikings would be number two. And then uh, David Oyamati. Uh, from the Saints, you know they have a connection to him. He would be he would be one, and so uh, you know they certainly uh, w- want to get tougher up front, and those three guys can help them out. Well, and, and on that you know on that note, obviously the Ryan Nielsen, the new defensive coordinator, has been brought in, and and one of the things they need to do is is to get a pass rush. And, and Daryl, it feels like. This team, I, I know the the numbers for the defense haven't been great, but it feels like if they're able to get like a Hargrove in the middle and, and maybe hit on some guys on that edge, and obviously uh, James Bates' safety has been linked, um, it, it, does it feel like they're maybe three or four players away from being a, a even just a middle-of-the-road defense in the NFL? Uh, yeah, they, I think, uh, you know, uh, you got to get a, a cup more than a couple. Um, you know, they think if you can get the push up the middle, that'll help the outside guys get home. And uh, it's not always the outside guys. They spend a lot of money on that uh, and a lot of draft capital on that, so they'll continue to develop it. But um, you also got to get some cover people. You know, you got to be mm-hmm. able to cover uh, the outside. In addition to A.J. Terrell, you need a cornerback uh, and you need a nickel. You got to try to re-sign uh, Isaiah Oliver. And, you know, Casey Hayward's 34. You might be comfortable with him coming back. Uh, Darren Hall didn't fare that well. 
But, yeah, if you could get some push up the middle and get some coverage on the secondary, uh, you're kind of okay at linebacker with Troy Anderson, Mikael Walker. Uh, probably, um, you know, you want Rashawn Evans back at your cost. Uh, maybe uh, Alex Anzalone from Detroit who played for Ryan Nielsen in New Orleans might be a good cheap free agent for you uh, to provide some depth. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you got to get some push-up front. You got to cover people on the back end, and that will that'll improve this defense immensely. Yeah, Daryl, you mentioned Troy Anderson there, the linebacker that they drafted uh, last year. So do, do they feel pretty good about where he's at after his rookie season? Oh, yeah, they really like the fact he was able to get out there and hold his own last year. He didn't. He wasn't great, but, uh, you know, he, he held his own. Uh, you could see his athletic ability when he blew up some guards along the way, uh, some misreads, missteps, but, you know, they knew that was going to happen because he didn't have any instincts. He was a former running back and quarterback. So, you know, another year of work, you should see a uh, big deal of improvement from him. And, uh, uh, you know, they think the sky's the limit for him. They like D'Angelo Malone. I think he can get a lot better this year, uh, a lot stronger. Uh, Arnold Ebicati, they really like – he slashed a little bit, then got nicked up and didn't uh, perform as well. But, uh, yeah, they certainly um, have some young talent that is going to be important that they develop. D. Orlando Ledbetter of the AJC is our guest here on the program. Uh, Daryl, in your mock draft that you released, um, I, I think it was yesterday you had uh, Skronsky, the uh, offensive lineman from Northwestern, as the pick for the Falcons. And, and Bill and I have talked a lot about him on the show. Is it the versatility that, that the NFL teams like about him, his ability to play all the positions on the offensive line? Yeah, no question about it. Uh, you know, uh, maybe Broderick Jones is better, maybe Paris Johnson from Ohio State, uh, but he's certainly going to be an NFL uh, lineman, you know, Northwestern has been putting out linemen in the last couple of years. Uh, and Peter Skoronsky is one that comes highly recommended. His granddad played for Vince Lombardi, played for the Packers, got five Super Bowls. So, you know, the NFL does the old bloodline thing. So he, uh, he'd be a good guy. He can, he can, uh, he can pass set, which McGarry can't do, and he can run block and so forth. So that might be an upgrade. Uh, for the Falcons at the right tackle position, sitting at number eight for them. You know, one of our guests earlier this week said that he thought a good strategy for the Falcons would be able to uh, would be to spend on defense and then fill some holes on the offensive side through the draft. Do, do you think one will have anything to do with the other, or are they just going to go through free agency and try to fill all the holes and stick with the plan of drafting the best players available? Yeah, they're definitely going defense and free agency. Uh, okay. You know, the, you just look at the positions where they're weak at and where they need upgrades, and, and all that's on defense. And on the offensive side, uh, you know, you only have one one receiver, really. Uh, Alameda Sakias is, is a free agent. He was number two. Um, the uh, Corderell Hodge is a free agent, and so is Demir Burt. So you can look at the back end of the receiver market, and uh, you can look at the defensive uh, up-front market, and the secondary is possible, um, you know, places where they're going to spend their money. And then if they don't hit in free agency, they have to over – they don't want to overspend and they don't get the guys they targeted, then you can go to the draft and start trying to uh, fill, fill your holes that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Finishing up here with D. Orlando Ledbetter. Uh, before we let you go, uh, have you heard anything uh, from the Falcons or really – 
any NFL team uh, about where they are with Jalen Carter. Obviously, uh, he's thought of by a lot as the best prospect in this year's draft, but with the off-the-field stuff at UGA that maybe damaged goods a little bit. Uh, have you heard anything about what NFL teams think about his draft stock? Yeah, they are. It's tr- yeah, he's falling. He's falling. He's not going to be drafted as high as he was before. Uh, a lot of teams have questions for him now that the AJC stories came out about him leaving the scene of uh, the uh, crash that was fatal for for one of his teammates and one of the co-workers there. The character question is, hey, this is your teammate. This is your buddy. This is your your line brother, and you didn't stop to check on him. You thought about leaving the scene. You should have been the first one trying to help him and get him to the hospital and so forth. So, you know, that was the me. You know, they worry about stuff like that. Uh, you know, when when the going gets tough and you get a million dollars in your pocket, you're just going to be worrying about you and not the team and helping out. So it gets all, you know, psychological like that, and, and it's a real bad uh, example for him. But And then there's uh, people um, in the league that, uh, you know, like Marvin Lewis would take on guys like Jalen. He, he won't won't hesitate, you know, and figure that he can coach him up. He did that with Odell Thurman, uh, Pac-Man Jones, and, you know, the list goes on. Avantes uh, Burfick. But there are any coaches like that. It's not as many as it used to be. Now, Pete Carroll at six, he might do it and be like, hey, we Jalen's a football player. We'll worry about all that other stuff later. He's a young adult. We can, you know, um, he's going to grow and mature here. And a lot of, you know, that's more thought out approach to it is that, hey, you know, these kids are 20, they do stupid things. And uh, when they get 25, he's going to be okay and he's going to be a great football player. So, um, you know, Pete P could take him. I think I had him going to Robert Sala at 13, uh, but he's definitely, um, definitely falling out of the top spot. A lot of questions he's got to ask for the teams, and uh, he can fix a little bit of it, Russ, on uh, on Wednesday here at Georgia's Pro Day with a great performance uh, for the scouts who will be in hand. Uh, just kind of laissez-faire, uh, you know, watch my tape type of uh, attitude, and then you know that's going to drop him out of the out of the top ten for sure. And, and you know the drop is from one to eight. That's like sixteen million dollars last year Ooh. between the first pick and the draft. And Drake London, so he's already cost himself a lot of money. Mm, 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 mm. Well, hey, Daryl, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Hope you have a great weekend. All right, Rush, you take care. Thanks for having me.